Shadow's Bastion, a By Gods and Kings story, takes place in the fictional world of Dunai. All of these works are available to read on Kindle Vela and are available shortly after this release. For more information on By Gods and Kings, please visit our website, bygodsandkings.com, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Chapter 10 Dinner with the Dorvos The carriage pulled along the dusty streets of Sunshire with the shops, stalls, and other buildings shut down for the evening. The two moons hung overhead with the shadows coming from off of the trees casting an ominous presence on the road. Two black horses pulled the cart gently with the driver, the stable master of the plantation, guided them along the road toward the large plantation. Kuros leaned his back against the soft bench and took in a breath of the cool air. He exhaled softly, watching the fog come from his mouth and filling up the carriage. The carriage turned, garnering Kuros's attention and drawing his eyes out the small window to his left. He glanced over to see the tall crops in the sunshire fields swaying with the wind. He shifted his gaze forward to peer out the small front window. He looked past the driver's shoulder to see the massive Dorvo plantation in the distance. Lights were burning in each window. Several workers, slaves and their masters, continued to work along the path while the carriage went past them. The carriage went along the path and eventually went onto the circular driveway that led to the front door. The horses stopped galloping and the wheels halted in the dust. Kuros leaned forward and opened the door to the carriage himself and stepped out into the night. His robes were clean, pressed, and reflected the moonlight brilliantly. He looked to his left and his right quickly, hoping to inspect the mansion from afar. The servants stood their ground and watched Kuros. Why are you wearing your robes? inquired a friendly voice from the shadows. Kuros quickly turned to see Chalice, the blonde warrior from earlier, approaching. She wore a silver dress that shimmered in the moonlight, just as Kuros's robes. I am, he answered coldly perturbed to see the god touched approaching him. She appeared more radiant and beautiful as she approached. Her blonde hair was clean and bound behind her as it was earlier, but her pale skin and curves were accented by the dress. Kuros sighed and bowed his head. Why are you here? Did Warnier think I needed someone to look after me? Chalice smiled and placed her hand on Kuros's shoulder. He did, especially after your rant earlier, she explained. He wanted Rosali to come, but she refuses to wear a dress. Kuros giggled and glanced up at the ravishing Chalice. Does she even have one? Chalice shook her head in affirmation. Rosali is not someone who can rub elbows with dignitaries or even talk her way out of problematic solutions. I watched her talk her way out of a fight with Koobs, Kuros inserted. I think she's a bit more dynamic than you give her credit for. Chalice struggled to hold back her laughter. She convinced Koobs not to attack her. Did she bat her eyes or was he really a threat? Inquired Chalice sarcastically. Koops is powerful, but he's quite non-confrontational. If you weren't planning on attacking the Forge, he wasn't a threat. He'll ignite his hands and show off his powers, but that's where the show ends. Kuros furled his brow while Chalice kept her eyes affixed on his. Rosali has a reputation for being quick with her bow, and I'm sure Koops didn't want to see just how quick she could fire off an arrow, continued Chalice. She watched as Kuros was becoming more perturbed with her, though she shrugged and looked away toward the door. I believe in what you're trying to do, but I'm also here to keep you alive. You believe in what I'm doing? asked Kuros, taken aback briefly from her words. Chalice smirked and followed it up with a nod. Warnier does too, but our relationship with the Dorvos has been very rocky since we've arrived. She glanced toward the door to see it opening. They don't agree with Darien supplying the conduit for the stockade, seeing as how they're providing everything else. I understand their point, but this is to convince them that they should have an open mind. When the stockade is finished, I will not be representing Darien anymore, but all four of them. I will be representing Sierra just as much as I will be representing Darien, Xylene, and Talgis. 
Chalice scoffed and glanced at Kuros's robes, pointing at the insignia. Great start, then, by wearing your robes, she chided before stepping toward the open door, seeing Bartholomew Constellatz standing in the doorway. Bartholomew, so good to see you tonight. Bartholomew squinted his eyes at the sight of Chalice in her dress. He glanced over her shoulder to see Kuros approaching slowly, clearly upset with every step. I wasn't aware Kuros was bringing a date. Oh, but you should have, Bartholomew, stated Chalice with a gleeful smile. You should have known Warnier would not let him come here alone. Chalice stepped up to the doorway with Kuros following closely behind. I suppose you're right, muttered Bartholomew. Matron Derosia prepared for a second arrival anyway. Kuros rolled his eyes. Was she preparing for all five of them coming with me? Bartholomew chuckled under his breath, nodding slowly. She figured at least one would show up, though she prepared for the lot. Then be thankful it's just me and that I'm dressed for the occasion, inserted Chalice as she walked past Bartholomew and into the mansion. Kuros stepped up and shook Bartholomew's hand before moving past him. I hope this night goes better than it has begun, stated Kuros as he released Bartholomew's hand. I was hoping to meet with Regulus alone. Bartholomew stood perfectly still, remaining stoic while affixing his eyes on Kuros's. We were expecting this, though I'm sure Matron Derosia will be quite pleased that Chalice has come instead of the rest of them. Bartholomew closed the door and motioned for Kuros to follow Chalice through the hallway and toward the common area. At least Chalice is the more refined member of that lot. Matron Derosia was worried that Warnier would have sent Draenault here. What's wrong with Draenault? inquired Kuros as he walked alongside Bartholomew. He placed his great axe on the table before devouring all the food in front of him with his bare hands, explained Bartholomew. Draenault is quite uncivilized, though we were hoping for Albatron. He is the most refined and domesticated. Kuros smirked. If I had to pick, I would have brought Rosali. Bartholomew opened his eyes wide, surprised at Kuros's statement. Why would you want to bring that wretched specimen into this mansion? Kuros laughed heartily. Because she brought me from the Karingas Bluffs to here, and we spent some time bonding, he explained softly. The two kept walking down the path, eventually reaching a set of double doors that led to their destination. Bartholomew and Kuros entered a large room where Chalice was already embracing another woman. Her gray dress with silver and black accents was equally as radiant as Chalice's, while her blonde hair possessed several gray streaks that showed her age. I was hoping Warnier would send you, announced Derosia Dorvaux, the matron of the plantation. Chalice laughed and held on to her embrace. I was trying to convince him to send Draenault, but Warnier didn't feel that he was the best to convey our message tonight. The two women released their embrace but kept their eyes locked on one another with Bartholomew moving through the room toward her. He approached her from behind and placed his hand on Chalice's elbow. She turned toward him, away from Derosia. Yes, Bartholomew. Bartholomew cleared his throat and smiled at Chalice. I'm sorry, but Master Dorvo wishes to meet with Kuros alone, he stated reluctantly. Chalice smirked and shook her head. And I don't think I can allow that, Bartholomew. I have been instructed to stay by his side all night and ensure that he returns to the camp safely. And I understand that, but while we were expecting a guest, Master Dorvaux doesn't wish to meet with you, Warnier, or any other servant of Darien tonight. He only wishes to meet with Kuros, explained Bartholomew cordially. Chalice glanced back at Kuros as he stepped forward into the room. Kuros locked eyes with her and smiled. It's fine, Chalice. Everything will be fine. Kuros walked over and placed his hand on Chalice's elbow and leaned forward, placing his mouth just away from her ear. I will be fine, but do be polite with our hosts. Chalice reached forward and placed her hand on Kuros's stomach gently. The matron and I will be quite fine, I assure you. Kuros released his grip on Chalice and stepped away from her. He moved toward Bartholomew and followed him down a small hallway off to the side. The doors closed behind him as they made their way forward toward the chambers of Regulus Dorvaux. I do apologize for taking you away from your bodyguard, Kuros, but Master Dorvaux was explicit in his request. 
said Bartholomew as he led Kuros through his mansion. And I understand. I am a guest in this house after all, responded Kuros as they made their way through the hallway and into the west wing of the mansion. He will have to trust me in the end because our success hinges on all of us. Bartholomew laughed in disbelief. I love how positive you are about this, even though it will probably end terribly. Bartholomew continued moving forward, turning down a hallway that had large windows against the wall. My master wants this endeavor to go well, but I don't believe he's truly invested in it. Kuros followed Bartholomew down the hall as he glanced out the large windows to see the city of Sunshire in the distance. And why not? asked Kuros. Because it doesn't offer anything for him, answered Bartholomew. He stepped in front of him and moved forward at a faster pace to reach the end of the hallway and the two double doors at the end. After a few steps, Bartholomew approached a set of brown double doors with polished brass handles. He reached forward and wrapped his hands around the knobs and turned them, pushing them open to reveal a stunning parlor. Lit by a majestic chandelier that hung overhead that reflected off of the polished hardwood floors, the parlor was full of plush furniture, several ornate tables, and vibrant purple curtains that hung along the windows. Kuros, I'd like to introduce you to the master of this plantation and my beneficiary, Regulus Dorvo, he said while motioning toward a man standing in front of one of the tables. Regulus glanced over to see Bartholomew and Kuros enter the room. He was tall with short, well-groomed hair that was nearly jet black with gray streaks on the sides above his ears. His face was slender and his tall frame appeared to Kuros as someone who was quite athletic. So you must be the priest of Darien that I have heard so much about, announced Regulus as he poured himself a drink while at the table. I'm glad you were able to make it this evening. Kuros smiled warmly and stood in front of one of the plush chairs in the room. He bowed elegantly before the god-touched servant of Searia with Bartholomew closing the doors behind him. I appreciate you inviting me to your home this evening, Master Dorvo, Kuros stated politely to his host. I do hope that you are not going to too much trouble on my behalf. Regulus walked over to one of the chairs and took a seat with his drink in his hand. He leaned back in his chair and motioned for Kuros to sit down in the chair he was in front of, smiling at him while also examining his stature and appearance. I can promise you we are not, he said with a wry grin. Dignitaries from Shorek or merchants from Wurz are going to be treated far better than you are tonight, priest. Is that so? asked Kuros as he squirmed in his chair. The conversation was already becoming tense. Might I ask why? Regulus laughed and took a sip from his drink. Because I'm getting nothing out of this arrangement between our gods, Kuros, stated Regulus proudly. He placed his drink on a small table beside the chair and folded his hands together. He locked eyes with Kuros while grinning smugly at his guest. I want you to ask yourself this, Kuros. What are we getting for this? Kuros blinked his eyes while slowly taking a few breaths. We are pleasing our gods, so what we get is irrelevant. And that, priest, is where the two of us are remarkably different, inserted Regulus. You see, even though I serve Searia willingly, I must look after my kingdom here on Dunai. Regulus paused and leaned forward, moving his face slightly closer to Kurosa so he could see him better. I love my goddess, but I also have to ensure that everything I do is in her best interest. Keeping Sunshire productive and its citizens prospering is far better for her than some silly building that will surely only enrage Vesia. Regulus reached to the side of the table and grabbed the glass. He held it in front of him and smiled warmly while clasping the crystal. Tell me, Kuros, do you always do what your god tells you to do, or do you do what your god needs you to do? Aren't those two the same? questioned Kuros inquisitively. No, they are not, but there is also a line that we must walk that gives our masters what they desire while also making sure they get what they truly need, explained Regulus. You see, Zaria wants to punish the followers of her sister, Nerilil. 
She wants them to suffer because that's just how spiteful she can be. She desires this. However, she also needs for Sunshire to flourish because we were able to grow her ranks far more here than where her Grand Temple is on Urne and Miralas. She needs that far more than some silly building. Kuros blinked his eyes slowly and leaned forward, so why not do both? Oh, I am, but I'm not putting all of my focus and attention on what your god truly craves, continued Regulus. I know this is truly Darien's scheme, and while my goddess is entertaining it and assisting, she has other irons in the fire. And why is that? I thought this stockade was going to be what changed the world, inquired Kuros. Regulus leaned back and shook his head, disagreeing with Kuros' statement. The stockade will be a thumb in the eye of Bessia and nothing more. The mood of the room was becoming tense as Kuros was getting confused, still trying to figure out Regulus's motives. Tell you what, Kuros, I think you have everyone's best intentions in mind, but why don't I tell you a little more about what Sayeria needs and not just what she wants? I'd like that, answered Kuros quickly. Bartholomew walked over and handed him some amber liquid in one of the crystal glasses. He took a sip, feeling the burning sensation as it coated the back of his throat. I think it would be great if we put all of our motives out for everyone to judge. Regulus smiled and nodded. Good. Why don't we go have a conversation with Arceus then, Sayeria's high priest? He asked rhetorically. He's over in the slave quarters right now for the evening, and I'm sure he'd love to hear just how devoted you are to Darien's vision. We would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. More content will be coming out on a regular basis. For more on By Gods and Kings, please visit www.bygodsandkings.com or www.scriptcrypt.com.